Hey there, people of the interwebs. It's me, Brandon Noel. Uh, if this is the first time tuning in with us, this is the Bookies Podcast, where you're listening to a recording of a book club. Uh, before we dive into this month's book, or this week's book, uh, Memoirs of a Geisha, uh, I just want to take a chance, or take, take a chance, take some time and talk to you about um, patreon.com slash destinycomics. Slash Destiny Comics. C-O-M-I-X. Um, where you're probably a voracious reader, and, and I assume you are. Where we have a um, bookmark of the month club. Where each month you get a, a hand-painted watercolor bookmark on uh, watercolor paper with a protective sleeve uh, and a tassel. Uh, for five bucks a month, shipping, not, you don't have to worry about shipping. Uh, and it's a pretty cool deal that we do. And again, I'm assuming you're a voracious reader. The topics of bookmarks change every month. Everything from Power Rangers to Bond to, um, Superman to Ghostbusters all kinds of fun. <sighs> I'm not even going to add out that yawn. I'm too tired. All kinds of fun bookmarks. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, you know, I'm a, a struggling artist and I do what I can. We have bookmarks, we have decoders, we have all kinds of fun stuff. And even though it just says bookmarks, you get a little bit more in, in your envelope than, than you bargained for. Because I want to make sure you get your money's worth. So think of it like a loot box, but, you know, five bucks a month and you get an envelope full of really cool stuff. Bookmarks, stickers, magnets, really fun stuff. So with that said, um, thank you for your time. Hope you enjoy this episode of The Bookies. We are listening to or reading Memoirs of a Geisha. Now at this point in time, we're recording via Zoom. And there's several dropouts, so the conversation will just suddenly stop and then pick up. Uh, I apologize for that, um, but we were dealing with limited technology. We were being COVID safe. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, you know, but the conversation's still good and you can follow along. So, but uh, thank you, and uh, I hope you enjoy this episode of The Bookies. Oh, I know, right? <gasps> Gasp. That's new. Normally I hit the record button and it just goes recording. Not know that you all know. I yeah. Know I That's have for privacy know. purposes. You shouldn't have to know. We should have to know. I'm going to leave the meeting now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I met Abraham Lincoln. Oh, hi, guys. Are you going on your tablet? Yeah, because, you know, I'm, I'm just bringing up the book on my tablet. Oh. I read it, and I think I highlighted a couple things. I started it. I read the first 85% of the book that first week, and then I've read about 15 books since then. <laughs> Maybe only 12. I kind of more than binged it over the last couple of days, so a lot of the names and stuff bled together for me, but 
that was my fault not giving the book the time it deserved. Yeah. I will say that. So, um, all right. We are the bookies. Uh, I am Brandon. I am Noel. Well, let's go in the order we're supposed okay, to be. Sorry, yeah. go. Sorry, yeah, Lewis. Lewis. That way everyone knows. Uh, Great bookies and. <laughs> well, I mean, you kind of jumped with Brandon first, and then and then me. So we'll we'll do it that way. So you're Brandon. I'm Lewis. Hi. <laughs> I'm Wayne Abraham. David McFarland. Justin Stallard. Bonnie Stallard. And Maylene again. Woo. And, uh, I get two opinions. <laughs> and we are the bookies this month. Uh, we read uh, Memoirs of a Geisha by Arthur Golden. Um, Lewis, this was your book. You want to kind of give us a brief plot synopsis and why you uh, put it in the hat? Uh, well, I put it in the hat because I, I have read this before and I remember liking it at the time, but it had been years. And I remembered certain you know plot points about it, but like for the most part, I was kind of coming into it with like a refresher rather than like a brand new book. Um, I guess plot synopsis. So um, Chio Sakamoto is a young Japanese girl. I think she's about nine years old living in a coastal uh, fishing village, uh, basically at the, at the coast of Japan in like the 1930s, I think is when this book takes place. Um, Her father is a fisherman. He's, kind of absent i want to say and then her mother gets kind of sick and so to kind of figure out what to do her father ends up selling her and her sister satsu basically to a geisha house in kyoto which is like the old capital city of japan it's a huge city it's like going from nowhere to vegas but bigger <laughs> um and over the course of the novel she ends up becoming a very successful geisha and navigating that kind of lifestyle and trying to figure out where do like my own thoughts and feelings and, and my own like personhood fit into this lifestyle that has been chosen for me. She didn't really have a choice in the matter. Um, and that's, that's kind of the, like the, the crux of the novel. And um, it, it sort of talks about how, you know, she's trying to figure out like what I want as a person versus what this lifestyle actually means to me versus how Westerners interpret being a geisha. That was, that was one of the heavier things that I got from the novel was, was like, like we are all American, right? None of us are Japanese. None of us really know what it means to be a geisha. So we're kind of approaching this from the perspective of the novel's narrator, who is um, Jacob, something but it's all basically fictional but he's writing the memoirs of this geisha and that's kind of where the novel goes it's like she's writing about her life and how she feels about it and all that kind of stuff cool you want to jump into your uh uh your likes your likes favorite scenes characters whatever characters yeah Yeah, um i mean i've been fascinated by like Japan and Japanese culture since I was a kid, like literally. So what, what I liked about this is it's Japan, but that's a little too broad. Right. So what, one of the things that I liked was that even though, um, Chio who later becomes known as Sayuri in her geisha life, even though she doesn't really have a whole lot of choice in the matter, she is still very 
bold and direct when it matters. Like she was forbidden from leaving the Okia, which is basically the geisha house that she lives in. But she still did anyway because she wanted to find her sister, right? And she was forbidden from doing various things and she still kind of finds a way to do them. So she still has her own um, like agency, I guess, even though she lives within this very strict set of rules and guidelines and this is how you are to be, you know? Um, in a sense, it was kind of like a, like a coming-of-age novel in that idea, you know? It's not necessarily for young readers, of course. This is not a young adult fiction book, I don't think. No. But it's sort of about a coming-of-age of this young girl and then this young woman and then this person living in the world. Um, I liked how the author, Arthur Golden, did a very good job of describing the kinds of silk kimonos that they wore in very intricate details. Like, I feel like we all got a very good picture of how the kimono looked exactly. And, and for being such a, such a, like, like it's a very, very important aspect of being a geisha and about um, Sayuri's life, all that kind of stuff. Like, I never had a problem imagining what it looked like, the colors, the way that it shimmered in the moonlight, that kind of thing. I thought that was really nice to, to be able to just visualize basically fully. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can go. I can go on for hours. So let's go on to Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I mean, he did. I think a really good job of describing, like you said, the kimonos and everything. Like you could mm-hmm. almost picture it in your mind. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna have to switch out glasses here. I actually took notes on this one. I always say I'm gonna take notes, but then I never do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I probably should, but I don't. I I really liked the writing in this book and the way he used words. You know, I was like, she's visiting the. Uh, warehouse where all the fishermen sell their fish and it gets distributed from there and they're fixing to get into a wagon and there's all these fish that have been thrown in the back of the wagon as as well says most of the fish stared out with glassy eyes but ever so often one would move its mouth which seemed to me like a little scream i tried to reassure them saying you're going to the town of senzuru little fishies everything will be okay I didn't see what good it would do to tell them the truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, or she's she's talking about Granny and Granny's biggest fear was fire. Be, because they had all these expensive kimonos stored. So if the place caught on fire, that that was like part of their tangible wealth. Uh so it says, uh, Granny, as I went on to learn, was more terrified of fire than beer is of a thirsty old man. <laughs> I like that part. That's a good one. That one, that one made me uh, <clears throat> chuckle. And she says, uh, uh, I can assure you I wasn't one of Gion's 20 greatest geisha either. 
Some people have difficulty telling the difference between something great and something they simply heard of. I thought that was extremely relevant to our society and social media and stuff like that. You know, it's like something's great just because they heard of it. Like, um, like the Maze Runner being a bestseller? <laughs> no, it was a bestseller. Yeah. Most people heard about it and bought it. They didn't know it was horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you were saying, you that I was about to say, Bonnie. <laughs> I was thinking the Snyder Cut myself, but yeah. <laughs> the Snyder Cut? Oh, because the book is four by three? Is that what you thought about the Snyder Cut? No, 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 the whole idea of, like, just because you've heard of it doesn't make it good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and she, where she's talking about music and the songs and, you know, how they meant a lot to her, she says, it would be senseless for me to try to describe these songs, but let me say that while I find most of them enchanting, foreigners often seem to think they sound more like cats wailing in a temple yard than music. Oh, those, in- those instruments? The, the yeah. Songs, yeah. yeah. And, and I, I had to kind of sit there and go, <clears throat> yeah, I, I have to agree with that statement. Yeah, I actually um, went on YouTube and looked some of them up and just to make sure I remembered them the way I did. And like, yep, okay. Yeah. One that, that just caught me and, and yeah, I really, the, the really liked is she's first going in and uh, she, she's been, you know, adopted by her big sister who's going to train her and she's going in to get her hair done. <laughs> it says a great deal about how civilized we human beings are that a young girl can willingly sit and allow a grown man to comb wax through her hair without doing anything more than whimpering quietly to herself. If you tried such a thing with a dog, it would bite you so much you'd be able to see through your hands. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the the last one I jotted down was uh, young girls hope all sorts of foolish things, Sayuri. Hopes, hopes are like hair ornaments. Girls want to wear too many of them. When they become old women, they look silly wearing even one. That was a very powerful one, I thought. Yes. Yes. There were a couple that caught my eye, but I was kind of up against the wall on finishing the book. So, But that, that was just some examples of the writing that I jotted down. That just the, the wording and phraseology really, really caught my attention. So... Uh, I I enjoyed I enjoyed the writing. Uh, the as Lewis said, the descriptions of the kimonos uh, were amazing. I could I could just see them in my mind's eye, just from the the words. And um, I I will be honest. I I really had trouble getting into this this book. It wasn't until like chapter 18 or 19 in there that the story finally engaged. Interesting. Just, I get into that when we talk about things we didn't like so much about it. Sure. But uh, anyways, I'll pass the baton on to David. 
All right. Um, unless I am the, in the opposite with you, Wayne, I actually really enjoyed this this book very much. I mean, uh, right off the bat, I'd give it a, a, a nine plus on my scale of 10. Um, I was, I really enjoyed it from the first chapter all the way to the end. And I have, I could like, like Lewis, I can go on for hours of all the things that I really enjoyed about the book. Um, on, I got the actual book and on the front, it says, uh, astonishing, breathtaking, York seduced completely and i must say that that's that's very true because when i was reading the book i felt like uh i was actually there with her yeah and i i enjoyed arthur golden's writing i it, it just it was very well written i mean sure there's always some words that i'm never going to understand that i pretend to know what it means and i interpret it and in how i want to so I won't be lazy. I mean, it's just me being lazy, not looking the word up, but that's okay. But um, there's just so many things that I really enjoyed about the book. Um, but yeah, I got a big list too, but I'm not really going to go through it because everyone already went through it. It's just basically what I liked on a couple of things. Um, I mean, I one of my uh, favorite characters, one of my, actually my favorite character is Nobu. The, the one-armed uh, ex-military man. Yeah. Because uh, I wrote down, he's very serious because he doesn't want people to uh, look at his wounds and think he's incapable. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, he's just a lonely person and wanted someone to love. And when he was betrayed, he just didn't want to see that person anymore. And that guy right there, it totally reminds me of myself. That's why I really like the guy. Um, and I mean, yeah, there's a whole bunch of a, a little things in the book, like Hatsumomo. Oh my God. <laughs> what a piece of work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what a villain, but I, I, I liked it though. That's the thing. Yeah. I liked that. I mean, I, she did, was a, I mean, she was a villain you could really, yeah, you could really like it. Yeah. You, I yeah. mean, you could really just like, but exactly. you could also like believe that she was that petty. That that... petty. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the character development in this whole thing was was great. All of the characters, I could like envision them without looking them up on Google to see what they look like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even auntie and mother. I mean, grandmother, I couldn't because I think she she died early on, or actually probably in the middle of the book. But I could. I could see Sorry, like how they were describing her, how how Auntie's teeth were all yellow from smoking, but she was blaming all the junk food. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like and and, like, and Chio Chio <laughs> Sayuri, whatever you want to call her. Yeah, she was saying, uh, "No, it's from your cigarette smoking." <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, poor little pumpkin. Um, and then I liked uh, the character Mamea. Mm-hmm. Who took yeah. uh, Chio and turned it into a geisha and basically gave her a life? I mean, it. I just felt like it. It took you into the life of being a geisha without actually being a geisha yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, like I said, I can go on for hours, like Lewis, on on the things that I liked about the book. But 
this this podcast would be five hours long. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's. I mean, I like I liked everything about the book. It was it was it was a really good book. And I'll pass it on to Justin now. Okay. Now I have to use my brain. Peter <clears throat> wrote down notes. Oh, I like you said, you were. Even Wayne got notes. <laughs> I know, but most of the time I was driving. And when I'm listening to things, I can't write while I'm driving. That's true. Or running a mop or stuff like that. But anyway, no, you, you can't write safely while you're driving. <laughs> you can write. <laughs> yes. That's true. He listens to it at work too, like when he's, you know, cleaning and stuff like that. You can't. Yeah. But, uh, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the book myself. It, uh, uh, like the, uh, like David said, the character development and stuff like that. And, vivid characters, vivid and, descriptions. Yeah. You know, and, uh, I, I have to say that I, I, I like Nobu as well. I kind of felt sorry for him. Yeah, I felt bad for him. But, um, some of the, oh, what was it? I like their chairman. There was one scene where they're, they're, the, um, one of the, uh, Ministers, they they found out that he just he just hardly ever talks. He just grunts and drinks and, and he drools out of his mouth and throws up into the garden. <laughs> I found him to be somewhat of a comical character myself. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't remember the one scene where he threw up on somebody or himself or yeah he, they were in the, like in, the, in the tea and, house and he got and, sick and they opened up the door and he threw up in the in the back garden and they made the poor little maids clean it up but didn't he <laughs> oh I remember he fell face forward into the vomit yeah uh, after he threw up and I I, I, I uh, yeah I remember having something similar that happened in real life. But, uh, which was why it was extremely funny to me. <laughs> but, uh, um, it, um, it was, uh, it was, it was, I really enjoyed the book. And that's about all I can say at the moment. I don't know why. Um, who's okay. Next? Me. I'm next. Uh, I liked it. Um, I, <laughs> I was listening to it at work part of the time too. Early on, I had to had to mute it every now and again when people came in because it was getting to the part where it was talking about negotiations for her virginity, <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm in a school, and you know, some other person walks by, I should mute this. <laughs> I was you know, doing a one baby. <laughs> I was doing a mindless uh, project. We were. Uh, um, I was stuffing pencil boxes, getting ready for students to come back on campus. So it was just, you know, <laughs> had stuff a thousand pencil boxes with two pencils and two pens and two highlighters and an eraser and, a <laughs> and earbuds. And my mind was, you know, I had to have something to keep my mind going. So I was listening oh, to the book for part of it. 
listening to a book about bi- competing businesses. That's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, <laughs> about a possible merger. <laughs> right, right. No. Oh, God. Oh, that was, yeah. oh. Anyway, um, what was I going to say? Oh, okay. One of my favorite characters was, I don't remember his name, how, because some of the names, Japanese names, don't quite stick in my brain. Um, the artist. Oh, yeah. the moody the artist, yeah. um, and how he was so inspired by her and did all these things with with her and and uh, she ended up being the girl on the poster that summer and there was a lot of jealousy going on, but um, I, I loved how he did the you know the the painting of her with the the sun and and just you know everything I just you know and I I liked his character too because he was like you know when he was inspired he was just this amazing artist and then he'd have these downs like so many of us creative types you know and uh Japanese Van Gogh. yeah yeah definitely like a Japanese Van Gogh and he'd, he'd get depressed and he'd get drunk and he'd be in a slump and um Ameha was great she just knew she knew how to take you know deal with people you know like him or whatever she was a really good teacher for Sayuri um big sister for her um I loved the descriptions of all the kimonos and I had no idea like how how involved they were I get how how intricate I mean I knew some were intricate stuff but I mean how expensive and like you know passed down you know thousand year old kimonos and being hundreds or at least hundred year old kimonos you know oh yeah yeah I would never want I would not want to have to wear that kind of stuff and have to walk on those kind of shoes and no thank you and those hairstyles. I love the descriptions though, like oh my goodness, the hairstyles and some of them were rather provocative, you know, when they started describing, well, this is why this one looks like this, and you're oh, oh, oh young girls as a you know, because they're when they're the apprentice geisha and they're you know the peach hair. Yeah, the peach hairstyle, and you're like Oh man, now it's not a pretty hairstyle in my brain anymore. <laughs> you know, or when they talk about um, cakes or whatever that they give to the guys who are going to come. Oh yeah. Oh gosh. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the. Uh, oh, okay. Huh. Right. Right. <laughs> um, but just it was it was such a. a with all the detail and everything, I, I can imagine it was a pretty faithful um, description of Japanese lifestyle uh, in that time period, especially with the, the geisha and with all, you know, the different regions and all, and all that things. And I think that that was, it was really fascinating and captivating. And while there were things that I didn't like, it wasn't because of the book itself. The writing was great. The story was great. It's just, it's you know, piece it's a historical piece. Happened. And there's, we'll get to that in the dislikes, but you know, there, there were, there were things I didn't like, but it was because of the society at the time and things like that. It wasn't because of the book itself. Um, it's just their culture. Yeah, I know. But um, that's pretty much how it was for me too with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but we'll get to that in dislikes. Um, Man, Hatsumomo, she was. She was a. She was a. She was a. A well done villain. Yes, she was. Um, the yes. the the scene with the ink on the kimono, the beautiful kimono. 
Mm-hmm. And then later, you know, Mameha ends up being her big sister after all of that, you know. Um, this, the, I don't know, she had, she had an interesting life and, and met a lot of interesting people and it was really, uh, really neat. Um, I liked, you know, how she ended up in New York and ended up running her own tea house there. And I thought that was neat, you know, how it ended. Um, they didn't, I saw the movie years ago when it came out and, uh, so I got 85% of the way through the book and knew it was getting to the part that I didn't like because I get upset at pumpkin because you like pumpkin until then. And I literally put off reading the rest of the book until this week when it was time. <laughs> That's why I started the book at 85% of the way and was like, I don't feel like reading that betrayal part. I'm going to wait till I have to and write a bunch of shorter, you know, insignificant books between then and now. Um, <laughs> she betrayed her. She did. Well, she She intended to, and it was, it was backfired. Yeah. It ended up backfiring and ended up working out well, but, but the point was, you know, anyway, she intended it as a betrayal. And, and for, as far as Sayuri knew until the chairman came forward, she had been betrayed and her life was over. That's how she felt. So anyway. And like, to an extent, you could kind of even sort of understand where Pumpkin is coming from. Oh, yeah, I totally understood where Pumpkin is coming from. But also, I'm wondering, like, you know, when we first meet Pumpkin in the very beginning of the book, she seems like a a normal, average, kind of rambunctious girl, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm wondering, like, being under Hatsumomo's tutelage for as long as she was... Wrecked her. Yeah. Yeah, it wrecked her. That that probably is why she was like, you know what's better? Revenge. Yeah. (laughs) Revenge is better. No revenge. Way. I owe you revenge. No. I will. I will. There's no will way you have Hatsumomo as your big sister, like in that world. Oh and my gosh! Have it destroy you in some way, right? Right. Well, then, then you, yeah, you add on top of that during the war. Yeah. She, she ended up having to work as a prostitute during the war. Yeah. You know that was yeah. noted, and so you know that. All that stuff, yeah. That that would have just, you know, caused, I know. I, caused I don't, bitterness, you know. You know, that's why it's like, I you know, you, I, you like pumpkins so much, and then you're like, oh, she got ruined more than we thought. You know, you know, she was channeling Hatsumomo there at the end, you know. I forget how it was described, but, um, you know, basically she's like, whoa, she's the spirit of Hatsumomo there. And there was one thing I did highlight thought it was interesting <clears throat> she said of course a geisha who expects understanding from her donna is like a mouse expecting sympathy from a snake so even though like they hope to get a wealthy donna and all these things like they're still you know they're, they don't really any none of the geisha really have choices they're you know it's they hope to get the best out of this lifestyle they can but you know, their, their, their ultimate goal is to be a kept woman. You know, like, yeah. like that's really kind of sad, but it, but it was a very good story and I really did enjoy it. Um, I liked the, the, um, oh, there's too many scenes all of a sudden in my head. Um, all right, moving on. Go ahead, Brandon. Um, I told Maylene this earlier, but when I was going through the book, what kept going, coming to mind, was I kept getting reminded of um, Gone with the Wind. Like, this just, I know they're, they're, 
culturally different, but very similar stories of of women who by the end their culture is completely gone. You know, um, and you get this long like the long view of like the tragedy of of every you know her whole long life and all these tragic events, and by the end of it, kind of like the culture's gone. What you know, what she held dear is. Is gone. So it just kept reminding me of, of um, Gone with the Wind, but in, in very different ways. You know, um, instead of the Civil War, you have, you know, World War II. And, um, but it was, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it, it again, I, I binge read it kind of near the end, but it was one of those things where it was my fault because I didn't give it the time the book deserved and so a lot of the names and stuff are, are bleeding together um i did like um oh what's it not the general um the the chairman 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 yeah. i liked him um you know the the whole scarf and the 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 snow cone and the there, yeah. there's a lot of a lot of you know it was it was this little nice moment in at that point like just darkness. You know, little girl gets to have a snow cone after getting the shit kicked out of her. Um, but no, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I should have given it more time, but it, I really did enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Well, everyone pretty much said <laughs> what I was thinking. Um, I love the characters. That was like the main thing for me were the characters. Um, like, you know, like we were, some of you guys were saying, even Hatsumomo was just so well written that you're like, I both love how well she's written and hate her at the same time because she is just so evil in the way she treats, you know, Chia. Like Iago. Yeah, exactly. From Shakespeare, not from Disney. Exactly. <laughs> Could be either or. Either or, I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 because by the by the third movie, Iago's their friend in, in yeah. the Disney thing, so no. I'm talking about Othello's Iago. But, I know. But the characters were just like, you know, the good ones you were, at least I was rooting for, and Hatsumomo to the point where when she got her, like, comeuppance, as it were, I felt like 95%, like, yes! Finally, she had what was coming to her, and a little, and but she was so well written. The fact that there was five percent of me that's like, oh, well, I don't like her, but I kind of understand where she might have been coming from. But I still hate her, you know. So, um, yeah, and uh, just I, I like the way certain emotions were expressed and brought out, like during that period when Chio was like, oh, I'm not gonna, like, they weren't gonna train her to be a, a geisha anymore. Like, I really felt that sense of hopelessness. Like, oh, like, okay, I know it's memories of a geisha, so I do know she's going to become a geisha somehow. I'm not, I, I just, oh, even so, even knowing that, even knowing that something's gonna happen to make her a geisha, I just was like, oh, I feel so bad for her. She's just so sad, and, you know, she's she failed in her attempt to run away and be with her sister. She's stuck in this Okia, you know, where 
she's going to be stuck as a maid until the foreseeable future, you know? Until uh, Mamea comes in and helps her out. And it's like, just the, I, just the fact that during that period of the book, I felt so incredibly sad for her. Just shows that, like, I felt the emotions were brought out well. Um, I felt, I truly felt the sense of desperation when she was trying to come up with a plan to not have Nobu as her Donna. And it's like, even though I felt for Nobu too, it's like, oh, I, I, I you know, I, I feel for her. Like, I feel that just how incredibly desperate she was to have the chairman be in her life, you know, so um, I was kind of like, I was a lot like um, Dave. I just, I loved it from basically the first chapter onward, and even though I do have, oh, I, even though I can understand, because Brian was telling me earlier some of his negative thoughts about it, even though I understand, like, those negative aspects, I just, I think I, I couldn't help but want to keep reading. It was one of those books where I had a hard time putting it down. And I, I, I will, I, I honestly can say that I will go on record as saying as far as the books that we have read in book club, this is probably my favorite. Really? Uh, yeah, I, I, I know, it surprised me too. Um, <laughs> including Harry Potter. Well, that's a completely different issue on its own. Okay. Okay. That's a series. So that doesn't count. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would say definitely my favorite because, um, I mean, there have been other books that have surprised me, pleasantly surprised me that I didn't anticipate enjoying, like, um, talking about I actually I was surprised at how much I liked you know Conan and I was surprised at how much I enjoyed the western book like because I didn't think I liked those at all and I did so those books I would say definitely surprised me in how much I liked them but I would say part of the reason why this is probably one of my favorite books is because like Bonnie I'd seen the movie forever ago I think it had just like left theaters when I saw it and um, I remembered I liked it, but there were only a couple things that I remembered. Like, I remembered the ink on the kimono scene. I remembered, I remembered her getting caught at, you know, towards the end by the chairman, but I couldn't remember, like, the events leading up to that, like, exactly. So, but I did remember how much I did, like, the movie, right? How much I did. And so... I kind of went into the book not with high expectations per se, but with the hope that, oh, I hope I like this because I remember I liked the movie so much. You know what I mean? And yeah, so I it was do. like... Remember Maze Runner? <laughs> exactly. I, I liked the movie and suggested the book. Big mistake! Yeah, so I, I, I was, I was kind of hoping that it wouldn't be one of those situations where I remembered liking the movie so much and I read the book and it's like, oh, I hate this book, you know? I really didn't want to right. read like that. So if I were to go into a typical book club book with zero expectations, like as a medium, you know, I kind of went into Memoirs of a Geisha, like a little higher, <laughs> you know. So 
So yeah, I, I think this is probably so far, even including Harry Potter, probably my favorite of the books. We can do it like this. This will be your favorite non-young adult book, and then Harry Potter can be your favorite young adult book. There you go. Oh, there you go, Louis. There, there, there you go. go. My favorite non-series. There you go. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay, so I guess we can move on to dislikes. Dislikes, Steven. Um, oh, well, yeah, Louis first. Sorry. I mean, there yeah. wasn't really, to be honest, there wasn't a whole lot that I didn't like about this book. Um, I I hated Hatsumomo, but I loved hating her. Right. Like, like she, she is such a compelling shithead character, you know. <laughs> like I, I never wanted her to like succeed, but I loved reading about the kind of stuff that she did, you know. It was just yeah. like, like that horrible pettiness. You like it was waiting for her to get it in the end from her. But I loved reading all the shitty things she did. <laughs> I don't know. That's bad. Um, the things that I didn't like were mainly like the kind of things that made me uncomfortable to read about, you know, like when Mrs. Fidget is first examining Chio and Satsu, you know, and she mentions that they're intact that I didn't like, but I feel like that's sort of like, like I can't necessarily make a judgment call on that because it's probably a cultural thing for the time, you know? Yeah. Like it's not okay, but like, you know. Yeah. I I wish they'd explain a few things to the girls at that point. Like, yeah, you know, there was no explanation. Like you uh, could have terrified these children less if you just used words. There, w- there would have been a lot less headache for the for everybody involved. If they just would have said, "Hey, this is what's going on. This is what's going to happen." Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, the closest you really got to that kind of stuff was the eel in the cave discussion. And I know if I was given that discussion, I would have been so confused. Like, what do eel and cave have to do with what we're talking about? So, <laughs> I, I don't know that. No, that I was the other know. part I had to pause at work. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> if as a as a young girl, if I had been giving that topic, it would have been so much worse than just not giving me the discussion at all. You know, like right. I was so lost and terrified that eels had something to do with the whole thing, and not knowing. Oh, okay, that's what you meant. Okay, I, I would have been lost and terrified. <laughs> I was I was watching the I was watching The Simpsons the other night. And Bart's like, well, it's a great day. The sun's out. Uh, you know, summer day. He goes, birds are chirp, or birds are trying to have sex with bees. You know, <laughs> because that's, you know, that, that's the a, birds and the bees. Yeah. yeah. And that's kid logic, you know, right? kids, you know, left to figure things out on their own, very adult concepts. They sometimes come to the right conclusions, but mostly probably don't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like now that, that I, now that I actually stop, I feel like more communication was needed there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like no adult tells these young girls really what's going on, you know, and that's and that's kind of sad, you know. But also, I think that might be part of, <sighs> but but also like that kind of, like that that kind of like openness and and direct communications about very important topics. It's it's. At that time, like, I'm I'm not an expert on Japanese culture or anything, but I know enough to know that at that time it would have been really not commonplace at all. And even today, it's not that commonplace as well. It's better, but not not nearly as open as we Westerners are with certain things, you know. Um, So that was, yeah, there, there wasn't really a whole lot that I didn't like about the book. I, I mostly liked it, and I mostly really liked it. 
Wayne? Yeah, that's a uh, that's me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I I know you know a lot of the stuff is cultural and time period, but I still still have trouble with kids being sold essentially into slavery, having no choice in the matter. Uh, Excuse um, me, Wayne, but uh, Wayne uh, did uh, Brandon and Maylene freeze up? No. Okay, never mind. Just, just, your, just their picture. Yeah, froze. just your picture froze. Oh, okay. That's okay. We don't mind. <laughs> All right, continue. Go ahead, Wayne. Yeah. So, like I said, the book was very well written. I just didn't enjoy those facets of the story. It it wasn't uh, it wasn't until somewhere around chapter eighteen or nineteen that the story finally clicked and flowed for me. Um, so I I was just. It, this was this was a hard one for me to get into, and and slog through. Uh, but uh, like I said, after chapter eighteen, nineteen thereabouts, uh, it, it the story got better. So uh, the the section dealing with uh, with World War Two uh, was. Um, that that part I did I did find interesting, um, and I thought about that after after the first go around, and everybody else, you know, there were several people on when I when I thought of that. But anyways, um, yeah, that that whole. You know the girls being sold off, and and she spent all all of this time just dreaming about you know running away and getting back home, uh, hoping her mom was still alive and, and her her dad, and then you know uh, Mr. Tanaka sent her the box that had the grave markers, the little grave markers mm-hmm. on it for the for the spirit box, and is you know. Explained that mom, you know, passed shortly after they left and, you know, dad about, you know, within the year. So, uh, there, there was nothing for her to go back to. And, you know, this whole first part of the book, she's been, you know, if I can just, you know, get out of here, get back home, things would be okay. And, you know, at, at that point, it's like, the realization that there's no home to go back to. I have a a theory about that because she gets the box shortly after she tried to escape. I think that was like, I, I think that was just a plan. Like, look, stop trying to go home. Like that's, that's a sex trafficking kind of move. Did everyone freeze? They froze. Right. 
I don't know. That's new. Normally I hit the record button and it just goes recording. That now that you all know. Yeah. I That's for privacy purposes. You shouldn't have to know. We should have to know. I'm going to leave the meeting now. <laughs> and that's how I met Abraham Lincoln. Oh, hi, guys. Are you going on your tablet? Yeah, because, you know, I'm, I'm just bringing up the book on my tablet. Remember, I read it, and I think I highlighted a couple things. I started it. I read the first 85% of the book that first week, and then I've read about 15 books since then. Maybe only 12. I kind of binged it over the last couple of days. So a lot of the names and stuff bled together for me, but that was my fault not giving the book the time it it deserved. I will say that. So, um, all right. We are the bookies. Uh, I am Brandon. I am Noel. Well, let's go in the order we're supposed okay, to be. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Go. Start with uh, Lewis. That way everyone knows. Great uh, bookies and. <laughs> well, I mean, you kind of jumped with Brandon first, and then and then me. So we'll we'll do it that way. So you're Brandon. I'm Lewis. Hi. <laughs> I'm Wayne Abraham. David McFarland. Justin Stallard. Bonnie Stallard. And Maylene again. Woo. Yeah. I get two opinions. <laughs> And we are the bookies. This month, uh, we read uh, Memoirs of Geisha by Arthur Golden. Um, Lewis, this was your book. You want to kind of give us a brief plot synopsis and why you uh, put it in the hat? Uh, Well, I put it in the hat because I I have read this before and I remember liking it at the time, but it had been years. And I remembered certain, you know, plot points about it, but like, for the most part, I was kind of coming into it with like a refresher rather than like a brand new book. Um, I guess plot synopsis. So um, Chio Sakamoto is a young Japanese girl. I think she's about nine years old living in a coastal uh, fishing village, uh, basically at the, at the coast of Japan in like the 1930s, I think is when this book takes place. Um, Her father is a fisherman. He's, kind of absent i want to say and then her mother gets kind of sick and so to kind of figure out what to do her father ends up selling her and her sister satsu basically to a geisha house in kyoto which is like the old capital city of japan it's a huge city it's like going from nowhere to vegas but bigger (laughs) um and over the course of the novel she ends up becoming a very successful geisha and navigating that kind of lifestyle and trying to figure out where do like my own thoughts and feelings and, and my own like personhood fit into this lifestyle that has been chosen for me. She didn't really have a choice in the matter. Um, and that's, that's kind of the, like the, the crux of the novel. And um, it, it sort of talks about how, you know, she's trying to figure out like what I want as a person versus 
what this lifestyle actually means to me versus how Westerners interpret being a geisha. That was, that was one of the heavier things that I got from the novel was, was like, like we are all American, right? None of us are Japanese. None of us really know what it means to be a geisha. So we're kind of approaching this from the perspective of the novel's narrator, who is um, Jacob something, but it's all basically fictional, but he's writing the memoirs of this geisha. And that's kind of where the novel goes. It's like, she's writing about her life and how she feels about it and all that kind of stuff. Cool. You want to jump into oh. your, uh, uh, your likes, your likes, favorite scenes, characters, whatever. Characters. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I, I've been fascinated by like Japan and Japanese culture since I was a kid, like literally. So what, what I liked about this is it's Japan, but that's a little too broad. Right. So what, one of the things that I liked was that even though, um, Chio, who later becomes known as Sayuri in her geisha life, even though she doesn't really have a whole lot of choice in the matter, she is still very bold and direct when it matters. Like, she was forbidden from leaving the Okia, which is basically the geisha house that she lives in. But she still did anyway because she wanted to find her sister, right? And she was forbidden from doing various things, and she still kind of finds a way to do them. So she still has her own... um, like agency, I guess, even though she lives within this very strict set of rules and guidelines, and this is how you are to be, you know? Um, in a sense, it was kind of like a, like a coming-of-age novel in that idea, you know? It's not necessarily for young readers, of course. This is not a young adult fiction book, I don't think. No. But it's sort of about a coming-of-age of this young girl and then this young woman and then this person living in the world. Um... I liked how the author, Arthur Golden, did a very good job of describing the kinds of silk kimonos that they wore in very intricate details. Like, I feel like we all got a very good picture of how the kimono looked exactly. And and for being such a, such a, like, like, it's a very, very important aspect of being a geisha and about um, Sayuri's life, all that kind of stuff. Like, I never had a problem imagining what it looked like, the colors, the way that it shimmered in the moonlight, that kind of thing. I thought that was really nice to to be able to just visualize basically fully. Um, but yeah, I can go I can go on for hours, so let's go on to Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I mean, he did, I think, a really good job of describing, like you said, the kimonos and everything. Like, you could mm-hmm. almost picture it in your mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to have to switch out glasses here. I actually took notes on this one. I always say I'm going to take notes, but then I never do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I probably should, but I don't. I I really liked the writing in this book and the way he used words you know I was like she's visiting the uh, warehouse where all the fishermen sell their fish and it gets distributed from there and they're fixing to get into a wagon and there's all these fish that have been thrown in the back of the wagon as, as well 
Says most of the fish stared out with glassy eyes, but ever so often one would move its mouth, which seemed to me like a little scream. I tried to reassure them, saying, You're going to the town of Senzuru, little fishies. Everything will be okay. I didn't see what good it would do to tell them the truth. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Or she's she's talking about Granny and Granny's biggest fear was fire because they had all these expensive kimonos stored. So if the place caught on fire, that that was like part of their tangible wealth. Uh, so it says, uh, Granny, as I went on to learn, was more terrified of fire than beer is of a thirsty old man. <laughs> I like that part. That's a good one. That one, that one made me uh, <clears throat> chuckle. And she says, uh, uh, I can assure you I wasn't one of Gion's 20 greatest geisha either. Some people have difficulty telling the difference between something great and something they simply heard of. I thought that was extremely relevant to our society and social media and stuff like that. You know, it's like something's great because they heard of it. Like, than... um... like the Maze Runner being a bestseller. <laughs> no, it was a bestseller. Yeah, because yeah. people heard about it and bought it. They didn't know it was horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you were saying it just like I was about to say, Bonnie. I was thinking the Snyder Cut myself, but yeah. <laughs> the Snyder Cut? Oh, because the book is four by three? Is that what you thought about the Snyder Cut? No, no, no. The whole idea of like, just because you've heard of it doesn't make it good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and she, where she's talking about music and the songs and, you know, how they meant a lot to her, she says, it would be senseless for me to try to describe these songs, but let me say that while I find most of them enchanting, foreigners often seem to think they sound more like cats wailing in a temple yard than music. Oh, those, in- those instruments? The, the yeah. Songs, yeah. So, uh, and and I, I had to kind of sit there and go, uh, yeah, I... I have to agree with that statement. Yeah, I actually um, went on YouTube and looked some of them up, and just to make sure I remembered them the way I did. And like, yep, okay, yeah. One that that just caught me, and, and yeah, I really, the, the really liked is yeah. she's first going in, and uh, she she's been, you know, adopted by her big sister, who's going to train her, and she's going in to get her hair done. <laughs> It says a great deal about how civilized we human beings are that a young girl can willingly sit and allow a grown man to comb wax through her hair without doing anything more than whimpering quietly to herself. If you tried such a thing with a dog, it would bite you so much you'd be able to see through your hands. Yeah. I think the the last one I jotted down was... uh, Young girls hope all sorts of foolish things, Sayuri. Hopes hopes are like hair ornaments. Girls want to wear too many of them. When they become old women, they look silly wearing even one. 
That was a very powerful one, I thought. Yes. Yes. There were a couple that caught my eye, but I was kind of up against the wall on finishing the book. So, but that, that was just some examples of the writing that I jotted down that just the, the wording and phraseology really, really caught my attention. So, uh, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the writing. Uh, the, as Lewis said, the descriptions of the kimonos, uh, were amazing. I could, I could just see them in my mind's eye just from the, the words. And, um, I, I will be honest. I, I really had trouble getting into this, this book. It wasn't until like chapter 18 or 19 in there that the story finally engaged me. Interesting. Hmm. Just, I get into that when we talk about things we didn't like so much about it. Sure. But uh, anyways, I'll pass the baton on to David. All right. Um, unless I am the, in the opposite with you, Wayne, I actually really enjoyed this, this book very much. I mean, uh, right off the bat, I'd give it a, a, a nine plus on my scale of 10. Um, I was, I really enjoyed it from the first chapter all the way to the end. And I have, I could like, like Lewis, I can go on for hours of all the things that I really enjoyed about the book. Um, on, I got the actual book and on the front, it says, uh, astonishing, breathtaking, you are seduced completely and i must say that that's that's very true because when i was reading the book i felt like uh i was actually there with her yeah and i i enjoyed arthur golden's writing i it it just it was very well written i mean sure there's always some words that i'm never going to understand that i pretend to know what it means and i interpret it and how i want to so I won't be lazy. I mean, it's just me being lazy, not looking the word up, but that's okay. But um, there's just so many things that I really enjoyed about the book. Um, but yeah, I got a big list too, but I'm not really going to go through it because everyone already went through it. It's just basically what I liked on a couple of things. Um, I mean, I one of my uh, favorite characters, one of my actually my favorite character is Nobu. The, the one-armed uh, ex-military man. Yeah. Because uh, I wrote down he's very serious because he doesn't want people to uh, look at his wounds and think he's incapable. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, he's just a lonely person and wanted someone to love. And when he was betrayed, he just didn't want to see that person anymore. And that guy right there, it totally reminds me of myself. That's why I really like the guy. Um, and, I mean, yeah, there's a whole bunch of, of, of little things in the book, like Hatsumomo. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a piece of work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what what a villain. But I, I, I liked it, though. That's the thing. Yeah. I liked that. I mean, I she was a, I mean, she was a villain you could really yeah, you could dislike. Re- yeah. I mean. <laughs> You could really just like, but you exactly. could also like believe that she was 
that petty. That, that petty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The the character development in this whole thing was was great. All of the characters I could like envision them without looking them up on Google to see what they look like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even auntie and mother. I mean, grandmother I couldn't because I think she she died early on. We're actually probably in the middle of the book, but I could I could see Sorry, like how they were describing her how. How Auntie's teeth were all yellow from smoking, but she was blaming all the junk food. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, and, and, like and Chio, Chio <laughs> Sayuri, whatever you want to call her. Yeah. She was saying, uh, no, it's from your cigarette smoking. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, poor little pumpkin. Um, and then I liked, uh, the character Mamea. Mm-hmm. Who took yeah. uh, Chio and turned it into a geisha and basically gave her a life? I mean, it. I just felt like it. It took you into the life of being a geisha without actually being a geisha yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, like I said, I can go on for hours, like Lewis, on on the things that I liked about the book. But this this podcast would be five hours long. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, there's. I mean, I liked I liked everything about the book. It was it was it was a really good book. And I'll pass it on to Justin now. Okay, now I have to use my brain. Uh, I wrote down notes. Oh, like you said, you were. Even Wayne got notes. I know, but most of the time I was driving. And when I'm listening to things, I can't write while I'm driving. That's true. Or running them off or stuff like that. But anyway, no, you, you can't write safely while you're driving. You can write. <laughs> Yes, that's true. He listens to it at work too, like when he's you know cleaning and stuff like that. You can't. Yeah, but uh, I I I thoroughly enjoyed the book myself. It uh, uh, like the uh, like David said, the character development and stuff like that. Vivid characters, vivid descriptions. Yeah, and I. I have to say that I, I I like Nobu as well. I kind of felt sorry for him yeah, right towards the end, mm-hmm. but um, some of the oh, what was it? I like their chairman. There was one scene where there. They're the um, one of the uh, ministers. They they found out that he just he just hardly ever talks. He just grunts and drinks and he drools out of his mouth and throws up into the garden. (laughs) I found him to be somewhat of a comical character myself. Um. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember. There was one scene where he threw up on somebody or himself, or yeah, he, they were in the, like in, the, in the tea house, and he got and, sick, and they opened up the door, and he threw up in the in the back garden, and they made the poor little maids clean it up. But didn't he? <laughs> oh, I remember. He fell face forward into the vomit. Yeah, uh, after he threw up, and I, I, I. I uh, <laughs> Yeah. I remember having something similar that happened in real life. 
but uh, which was why it was extremely funny to me. <laughs> but uh, um, it, um, it was uh, it was it was I really enjoyed the book, and that's about all I can say at the moment. I don't know why. Um, okay, me and Nick. Uh, I liked it. Um, I, I was listening to it at work part of the time too. Early on, I had to had to mute it every now and again when people came in because it was getting to the part where it was talking about negotiations for her virginity, <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm in a school, and you know, some other person walks by, I should mute this. <laughs> I was doing a, a one baby. <laughs> I was doing a mindless uh, project. We were, uh, um, I was stuffing pencil boxes, getting ready for students to come back on campus. So it was just, you know, <laughs> had stuff a thousand pencil boxes with two pencils and two pens and two highlighters and a an eraser and a, <laughs> and earbuds. And my mind was, you know, I had to have something to keep my mind going. So I was listening to the book for part of it. Listening to a book about. Bi- competing businesses that's what it was <laughs> <laughs> but anyway um <laughs> about a possible merger <laughs> right right no oh, God. Oh, was, yeah. oh. anyway um what was i gonna say oh, okay one of my favorite characters was i don't remember his name how because some of the names japanese names don't quite stick in my brain um the artist oh yeah. the moody the moody artist yeah um, and how he was so inspired by her and did all these things with, with her. And and uh, she ended up being the girl on the poster that summer. And there was a lot of jealousy going on. But um, I, I loved how he did the, you know, the, the painting with her with the the sun and, and just, you know, everything. I just, you know. And I, I liked his character, too, because he was like, you know, when he was inspired, he was just this amazing artist. And then he'd have these downs, like. So many of us creative types, you know, and uh, Japanese Van Gogh. Yeah, yeah, definitely like a Japanese Van Gogh. And he'd, he'd get depressed and he'd get drunk and he'd be in a slump. And Mameha um, was great. She just knew, she knew how to take, you know, deal with people, you know, like him or whatever. And she was a really good teacher for Sayuri, um, big sister for her. Um, I loved the descriptions of all the kimonos. And I had no idea, like, how how involved they were. I get how, how intricate, I mean, I knew some were intricate and stuff, but I mean, how expensive and like, you know, passed down, you know, thousand year old kimonos and things, hundreds or at least hundred year old kimonos, you know? I found how heavy they were. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would never want, I would not want to have to wear that kind of stuff and have to walk on those kind of shoes and no, thank you. And those hairstyles. I love the descriptions though. Like, oh my goodness, the hairstyles and some of them were rather provocative, you know, when they started describing, well, this is why this one looks like this. And you're, oh, 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 young girls as a, you know, because they're, when they're the apprentice geisha and they're, you know. The peach hair. Yeah, style. the peach hair style. And you're like, oh, man, now it's not a pretty hairstyle in my brain anymore, <laughs> you know. Or when they talk about. Like, um cakes or whatever that they give to the guys who are going to come oh yeah oh gosh oh, yeah oh that's uh oh okay huh right right 
Um, but just, it was, it was such a, uh, with all the detail and everything, I, I can imagine it was a pretty faithful, um, description of Japanese lifestyle, uh, in that time period, especially with the, the geisha and with all, you know, the different regions and all, and all that things. And I think that that was was really fascinating and captivating and while there were things that I didn't like it wasn't because of the book itself the writing was great the story was great it's just you know it's a historical piece and there's we'll get to that in the dislikes but you know there, there were there were things I didn't like but it was because of the society at the time and things like that it wasn't because of the book itself um it's just their culture yeah I know but um that's pretty much how it was for me too with that yeah yeah but we'll get to that in dislikes um man Hatsumomo she was she was a she was a she was a a well-done villain yes she was um the 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 scene with the ink on the kimono the beautiful kimono Mm -hmm. and then later you know Mameha ends up being her big sister after all of that you know um this the I don't know she had she had an interesting life and, and met a lot of interesting people and it was really uh, really neat. Um, I liked you know how she ended up in New York and ended up running her own tea house there and I thought that was neat. You know how it ended. Um, they didn't. I saw the movie years ago when it came out and uh, so I got eighty five percent of the way through the book and knew it was getting to the part that I didn't like because I get upset at pumpkin because you like pumpkin until then. And I literally put off reading the rest of the book until this week when it was time. <laughs> That's why I started the book at 85% of the way and was like, I don't feel like reading that betrayal part. I'm going to wait till I have to. And read a bunch of shorter, you know, insignificant books between then and now. Um, she didn't betray him. She betrayed her. She did. Well, no, she didn't. She intended to. And it was, it was. It backfired. Yeah. It ended up backfiring. It ended up working out well, but. But the point was, you know, anyway, she intended it as a betrayal. And, and for as far as Sayuri knew until the chairman came forward, she had been betrayed and her life was over. That's how she felt. So anyway. And like to an extent, you could kind of even sort of understand where Pumpkin is coming from. Oh, yeah. I yeah. totally understood where Pumpkin is coming but from. Also, I'm wondering, like, you know, when we first meet Pumpkin in the very beginning of the book, she seems like a like a normal, average, kind of rambunctious girl, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering, like, being under Hatsumomo's tutelage for oh, as long as she was... wrecked her. Yeah. Yeah, it wrecked her. That, that probably is why she was like, you know what's better? Revenge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, revenge is better. No revenge. Way. I owe you revenge. No. I, will, I will... There's no I'll way you have Hatsumomo as your big sister, like, in that world. Oh and my gosh! Have it destroy you in some way, right? Right. Well, then, then you, yeah, you add on top of that during the war. Yeah, she, she ended up having to work as a prostitute during the war. Yeah, you know that was yeah. noted, and so you know that all that stuff. Yeah, that that would have just. You know, no, cause, no, I know. I, I don't. Bitterness, you know. You know that's why it's like you know you I like pumpkin so much, and then you're like, oh, she got ruined more than we thought. You know, you know, she was channeling Hatsumomo there, 
at the end, you know, I forget how it was described, but, um, you know, basically she's like, whoa, she's the spirit of Hatsunoma there. And there was one thing I did highlight, thought it was interesting. <clears throat> she said, of course, a geisha who expects understanding from her donna is like a mouse expecting sympathy from a snake. So even though like they hope to get a wealthy Donna and all these things, like they're still, you know, they're, they don't really, any, none of the geisha really have choices. They're, you know, it's, they hope to get the best out of this lifestyle they can, but you know, their ultimate goal is to be a kept woman, you know, like, you're like, really kind of sad but it, but it was a very good story and I really did enjoy it um I liked the the um oh there's too many scenes all of a sudden in my head um all right moving on go ahead Brandon um I told Maylene this earlier but when I was going through the book what kept going coming to mind was it kept getting reminded of um Gone with the Wind like this just I know they're they're culturally different, but very similar stories of of women who by the end their culture is completely gone. You know. Um and you get this long like the long view of like the tragedy of of every you know, her whole long life and all these tragic events. And by the end of it kind of like the culture's gone. What you know, what she held dear is is gone. So it just kept reminding me of, of um, Gone with the Wind, but in, in very different ways. You know, um, instead of the Civil War, you have, you know, World War II. And, um, but it was, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it, it again, I, I binge read it kind of near the end, but it was one of those things where it was my fault because I didn't give it the time the book deserved. And so a lot of the names and stuff are, are bleeding together. Um, I did like, um, oh, what's it? Not the general, um, the, the chairman. 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 I liked him. Um, you know, the, the whole scarf and the, the, the snow cone and the, there, yeah. there's a lot, of, a lot of, you know, it was, it was this little nice moment in, at that point, like just darkness. Uh, little girl gets to have a snow cone after getting the shit kicked out of her. Um, but no, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I should have given it more time, but it, I really did enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Well, everyone pretty much said <laughs> what I was thinking. Um, I love the characters. That was like the main thing for me were the characters. Um, like, you know, like we were, some of you guys were saying, even Hatsumomo was just so well written that you're like, I both love how well she's written and hate her at the same time because she is just so evil in the way she treats, you know, Chia. Like Iago. Yeah. Exactly. From Shakespeare, not from Disney. Exactly. <laughs> Could be either or. Either or. I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 because by the by the third movie, Iago's their friend in, in the Disney thing, so no. I'm talking about Othello's Iago. But, I know. But the characters were just like, you know, the good ones you were, at least I was rooting for, 
and hot to Momo to the point where when she got her like comeuppance, as it were, I felt like 95% like, yes, finally she had what was coming to her. And a little, and but she was so well written in the fact that there was 5% of me that's like, oh, well, I don't like her, but I kind of understand where she might have been coming from, but I still hate her, you know. So, um, yeah, and uh, just I I like the way certain emotions were expressed and brought out. Like during that period when Chio was like, "Oh, I'm not gonna like they weren't gonna train her to be a, a geisha anymore." Like, I really felt that sense of hopelessness. Like, oh, like, okay, I know it's memoirs of a geisha, so I do know she's going to become a geisha somehow. I'm not, I, I just, oh, even so, even knowing that, even knowing that something's going to happen to make her a geisha, I just was like, oh, I feel so bad for her. She's just so sad. And, you know, she, she failed in her attempt to run away and be with her sister. She's stuck in this Okia, you know, where, she's going to be stuck as a maid until the foreseeable future, you know, until uh, Mamea comes and helps her out. And it's like, just the, I, just the fact that during that period of the book, I felt so incredibly sad for her just shows that like, I felt the emotions were brought out. Well, Um, I felt, I truly felt the sense of desperation when she was trying to come up with a plan to not have Nobu as her Donna. And it's like, even though I felt for Nobu too, it's like, oh, I, I, I you know, I, I feel for her. Like, I feel that just how incredibly desperate she was to have the chairman be in her life, you know? So um, I was kind of like, I was a lot like um, Dave. I just, I loved it from, basically the first chapter onward and even though I do have oh even though I can understand because Brian was telling me earlier some of his negative thoughts about it even though I understand like those negative aspects I just I think I, I couldn't help but want to keep reading it was one of those books where I had a hard time putting it down and I I, I will I honestly can say that I will go on record as saying as far as the books that we have read in book club, this is probably my favorite. Really? Uh, yeah. I, I, I know, it surprised me too. Um, <laughs> including Harry Potter. Well, that's a completely different issue on its own. Okay. Okay. That's a series. So that doesn't count. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would say definitely my favorite because um I mean there have been other books that have surprised me, pleasantly surprised me, that I didn't anticipate enjoying. Like um talking about I actually I was surprised at how much I liked, you know, Conan and I was surprised at how much I enjoyed the Western book. Like, because I didn't think I liked those at all, and I did. So those books, I would say, definitely surprised me in how much I like them. But I would say part of the reason why this is probably one of my favorite books is because, like Bonnie, I'd seen the movie forever ago. I think it had just, like, left theaters when I saw it. 
And um, I remembered I liked it, but there were only a couple things that I remembered. Like I remembered the ink on the kimono scene. I remembered, I remembered her getting caught at, you know, towards the end by the chairman, but I couldn't remember like the events leading up to that, like exactly. So, but I did remember how much I did like the movie, right? How much I did. And so I kind of went into the book, not with high expectations per se, but with the hope that, oh, I hope I like this because I remember like the movie so much. You know what I mean? And yeah, so I it was do. like, remember Maze Runner? <laughs> exactly. I, I liked the movie and suggested the book. Big mistake. Yeah. So I, I, I was kind of hoping that it wouldn't be one of those situations where I remembered liking the movie so much and I read the book and it's like, oh, I hate this book. You know, I really didn't want to right. read like that. So if I were to go into a typical book club book with zero expectations, like as a medium, you know, I kind of went into Memoirs of a Geisha, like a little higher, <laughs> you know? So yeah, I, I think this is probably so far, even including Harry Potter, probably my favorite of the book. So. We can do it like this. This will be your favorite non-young adult book and then Harry Potter can be your favorite young adult book. There you go. Oh, there you go, Louis. There, there you go. go. My favorite non-series. There you go. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay, so I guess we can move on to just like dislike, Steven. Um, oh, what? yeah, Lewis first. Sorry. I mean, there yeah. wasn't really, to be honest, there wasn't a whole lot that I didn't like about this book. Um, I I hated Hatsumomo, but I loved hating her. Right. Like, like she she is such a compelling shithead character, you know. <laughs> I I never wanted her to like succeed, but I loved reading about the kind of stuff that she did. You know, it was just like like that horrible pettiness. Like it was wait for her to get it in the end from her. But I loved reading all the shitty things she did. (laughs) I don't know. That's bad. Um, the things that I didn't like were mainly like the kind of things that made me uncomfortable to read about. You know. Like when Mrs. Fidget is first examining Chio and Satsu, you know, and she mentions that they're intact, that I didn't like, but I feel like that's sort of like, like I can't necessarily make a judgment call on that because it's probably a cultural thing for the time, you know? Yeah. Like it's not okay, but like, you know. Yeah, I I wish they'd explain a few things to the girls at that point, like. Yeah, you know, there was no explanation. Like you uh, could have terrified these children less if you just used words. There, w- there would have been a lot less headache for the for everybody involved. They just would have said, "Hey, this is what's going on. This is what's going to happen." Right. I mean, the closest yeah. you really got to that kind of stuff was the eel in the cave discussion. And I know if I was given that discussion, I would have been so confused. Like, what do eels and caves have to do with what we're talking about? So, <laughs> I, I don't know that. No way. That was the other part. I had to pause at work. Seriously, <laughs> like, if as a as a young girl, if I had been giving that topic, it would have been so much worse than just not giving me the discussion at all. You know, like right. I was so lost and terrified that eels had something to do with the whole thing, and not knowing. Oh, okay, that's what you meant. Okay, like I would have been lost and terrified. <laughs> I was I was watching Simpsons. I was watching The Simpsons the other night. And Bart's like, well, it's a great day. The sun's out. Uh, you know, summer day. He goes, 
birds are chirp or birds are trying to have sex with bees. You know, <laughs> because that's, you know that, that's the just, birds and the bees. Yeah. yeah. And that's kid logic, you know. Right? Kids, you know, left to figure things out on their own, very adult concepts. They sometimes come to the right conclusions, but mostly probably don't. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like now that, that I, now that I actually stop, I feel like more communication was needed there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like no adult tells these young girls really what's going on, you know, and that's and that's kind of sad, you know. Yeah. But also, I think that might be part of, <sighs> but but also like that kind of, like that that kind of like openness and and direct communications about very important topics. It's it's. At that time, like I'm, I'm not an expert on Japanese culture or anything, but I know enough to know that at that time it would have been really not commonplace at all, and even today it's not that commonplace as well. It's better, but not not nearly as open as we Westerners are with certain things, you know. Um, so that was, yeah, there there wasn't really a whole lot that I didn't like about the book. I I mostly liked it, and I mostly really liked it. Wayne, yeah, that's a. That's me, yeah. I I know, you know, a lot of the stuff is cultural and time period, but I still still have trouble with kids being sold essentially into slavery, having no choice in the matter. Uh, Excuse um, me, Wayne, but... uh... Wayne, uh, did uh, Brandon and Maylene freeze up? No. Okay, never mind. Just, your, just their picture. Yeah, froze. just your picture froze. Oh, okay. That's okay. We don't mind. <laughs> All right, continue. Go ahead, Wayne. Yeah. So, like I said, the book was very well written. I just didn't enjoy those facets of the story. It, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't until somewhere around chapter 18 or 19 that the story finally clicked and flowed for me. Um, so I, I was just, this was, this was a hard one for me to get into and, and slog through. Uh, but, uh, like I said, after chapter 18, 19, thereabouts, uh, it, it, the story got better. So, uh, the, the section dealing with, uh, with World War II, uh, was, um, That that part I did I did find interesting, um, and I thought about that after after the first go around and everybody else you know were several people on when I when I thought of that. But anyways, uh, yeah that that whole you know the girls being sold off and and she spent all all of this time just dreaming about you know running away and getting back home uh hoping her mom was still alive and, and her her 
her dad. And then, you know, uh, Mr. Tanaka sent her the box that had the grave markers, the little grave markers on it for the, for the spirit box. And, you know, explained that mom, you know, passed shortly after they left and, you know, dad about, you know, within the year. So, uh, there, there was nothing for her to go back to. And, you know, this whole first part of the book, she's been, you know, if I can just, you know, get out of here, get back home, things will be okay. And, you know, at, at that point, it's like the realization that there's no home to go back to. And- I have a, a theory about that because she gets the box shortly after she tried to escape. I think that was like, I, I think that was just a plan. Like, look, stop trying to go home. Like that's, that's a sex trafficking kind of move. Did everyone freeze? They froze. I don't know. When you get the computer started. Yeah. Hey, Brandon, are you still on DSL? I'm on whatever. I'm not on DSL. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wayne, continue now that we're recording again. Okay. Um, so uh, that that section of you know, World War Two and and the rationing and all of that and how the fact that her her Donna was the general and so they were able to get stuff that the other people weren't and yet they still shared with their with their neighbors. Mm-hmm. You know, they shared the wealth. But then as soon, as soon as he got in trouble and removed from the post, it's like all the neighbors turned on them and ratted them out. And, oh yeah. You know, I, it just human nature, human nature. You know, we, we've seen, we've seen same kinds of behavior during the pandemic, you know, uh, so it's people is people, mm-hmm. but uh, anyway, like I said, that 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 first portion of the book just was disturbing enough that I didn't enjoy it, and I enjoyed enjoyed the the latter part of it. Uh, one thing that I thought was cool was after she came to the states and she opened the tea house. She was still entertaining a number of people that she used to entertain back in Kyoto because they were now traveling and wealthy and and coming to New York. And so anyways, I'll pass that on to David. All right. There was only actually two things that I didn't like about the book. And they're relatively minor. Um, the first one was uh, 
after we found out about the, the fate of Hatsumomo, it seemed like to me the book went real fast. And yeah, she was a good villain. I know. She was gone, so it was not as interesting. <laughs> yeah, because it seemed like the book was was fairly slow, like leading, 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 leading up, and then Hatsumomo was gone, and then the book went real fast and then it ended. That's what it felt like to me. I, I mean, like I said, that, that's only a little minor thing. But the, the major thing that I didn't really like, and it doesn't have to do with the story itself, it actually has to do with the writer, um, was Arthur Golden and how uh, he used uh, the information from a famous geisha named Minoko Iwasaki. And that's this is who the story is based off of. And he uh, used her information her 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 story without her permission and that's how he got uh this story the memoirs of a geisha and she sued him over it for uh basically a breach of contract base basing uh that much of this story was what he told her what or what she told him in animidity how do you pronounce that and Anonymity. Basically, yeah. And uh, it went it went through the the court system because she sued him over it, and he tried to defend himself, but it eventually just uh, settled out of court. And I think that he he should have just, in my opinion, he should have just took her information and just made up his own story. So to speak, not, I mean, because he should have just took the information on how to become a geisha and just created his own story instead of uh, stealing a lot of her life. Yeah, stealing a lot of her life, in my opinion. I was, yeah, I I had heard about this because Maylene told me about it and I was confused because the foreword in this book makes it sound like, like it's actually verbatim from a geisha and then he says thanks to so-and-so the the lady for welcoming my wife and i into home and telling us all about stuff but then we find out that she sued him because he didn't say oh i'm gonna take your life story and make it my own (laughs) yeah i mean i could i could totally see him interviewing a whole bunch of geisha to get the idea of what it was like but it seemed to me like he stole her life story and then just made his own story about it with her information. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was, that's why she was able to, yeah, that's why she was being able to, to sue him. And I think he should have just, he should have just been a gentleman and instead of a chump and just created his, his, his own story. I mean, I like, I had good writing. So oh yeah. yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed the story, but I don't like the, how the way he, he got it to create oh, the, his, the author handled the, his, yeah, he, he handled it very poorly in my opinion. Yeah. I enjoyed the story, but I didn't like the, how, how he got it. Yeah. If I remember correctly and, and I might be misremembering, but I, I think part of the problem as well was that he specifically mentioned her, by name when she did not want her name put out there as yeah. far as like yeah. you know he was like that was the the anonymous part where she just wanted it, to remain anonymous it's yeah. like being the the magician who like in the fox shows like 
the magic explained. It's like getting your identity revealed, and all of a sudden, yeah, every yeah. in your clique or your like, no, screw you, 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 you broke the 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 rules of the club. code. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you stole it, you broke it, you cheated. Yeah, that's how that's how I felt. I mean, I really enjoyed the story, but I just didn't. I particularly don't like uh, Arthur Golden's way of of how he did it. But other than that, I really, I really enjoyed everything. I mean, like I said, the first part up until Hatsumomo seemed real slow. And then after that, it went real fast. And then the book ended. I was like, oh, man, <laughs> I thought it was going to be uh, a little bit more dramatic than that. And then, so, of course, so for you, it's like no Hatsumomo, then Hatsumomo, and then no Hatsumomo again. <laughs> <laughs> I was really hoping, I was really hoping like, like years later when she's in New York, that they heard something about her. I mean, yeah, she was heard to have been uh, become a prostitute, like how Auntie wanted her to become. But I was really hoping that uh, Sayuri would have met up with her her sister again. Oh yeah. And or like if Hatsumomo died in Nagasaki or Hiroshima or something. During the bomb during World War II, that, that you would hear something, but not hearing from them ever again seemed kind of seemed kind of strange with with how uh, popular Hatsumomo was. Even though a lot of people didn't like her, so many people knew who she was, and then you just never heard from her again, which I thought was kind of odd. Well, considering how she disgraced herself in public, I know it doesn't really matter whether or not she disgraced herself. It's just the thought that so many people knew who she was and then you never heard from her again that's that was the strange part yeah and not even one word and then there was a mention of her probably drinking herself to death okay whatever i mean but i i would just like to have heard like oh yeah hatsumomo happened or this happened yeah this happened or that happened or or what happened to uh i'm not even really sure if they actually discussed pumpkin after after uh the island but no. um, but yeah but I thought it was yeah that was that was basically the only thing I really got I, I didn't like about the book was those two things that I that I mentioned like I said they were they were minor but other than that I really I really really enjoyed the book and I'd probably give it a 10 if Arthur Golden didn't steal the information and just made it up himself <laughs> that's fair so go ahead Justin um, I don't really have a lot of dislikes for the book, personally. Um, the version I had on Audible had a, a very good narrator, mm-hmm. um, had all the voices right and the mm-hmm. accents and stuff like that. And it was uh, very easy to listen to. Um, story-wise, I... Um, I, I I just wish you know I, I keep I kept going along like you she, you're getting mad at her for something all you have to do is tell her what's going on and she wouldn't have done this and done that and everything <laughs> like ah communication people communication communication <laughs> you know and uh, like what do they expect she's gonna run away don't tell her what's going on right but uh, other but I I don't really have a lot of dislikes. Okay. Uh, I know some of the stuff that went on with the, 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 the kids early on is uncomfortable, horrible. uncomfortable yeah. and horrible, but, but that's just building up to the story, but, in my uh, opinion. Was, 
And I don't think there actually were any orphanages in Japan. They would get adopted to a family or sold as a prostitute or a geisha. There wasn't really any orphanages. Well, the one guy says he was an orphan, so I mean, there's got to be some. Well, anyone who doesn't have a family anymore is a, is technically an orphan, yeah. but I don't think there was technically a place for orphans called not for orphan girls orphanage. Yeah. Yeah. He was an orphan guy too. There was a big yeah. difference. Mm-hmm. You look at that culture, and it's skewed. Yes. To men, I mean the oh, the, it's oh, a very male dominant culture. Completely and male it, dominant, and it's still male dominant. Yes, yeah. It is. To this I, day, it's I, still male dominant. I know. That's, that's <laughs> it's not as bad as it was, but and it's I'm still pretty, pretty sure bad. Kyoto is still a geisha district to this day. I well, know. I don't know. well, Gion is the district. Kyoto is the city. Yeah. Yeah. Gion is still considered to be a, a heavily. Um, like you know, it, it's definitely a, a geisha district nowadays, even yeah. though it's less and less time has gone on. Right. There's not as many geisha anymore, but well, I'm sure there is. It's just not as no, because it said that there weren't as many. Yeah. Even by her, the time she was in New York, there weren't as many. So, you know, there's probably a lot less. A, probably just an old tradition. Yeah. yeah. And and I I'm I I like tradition, especially you know you know. When you know they're passed down, I, I like traditions being passed down. I think that's great. I just don't, don't like all the, uh, you know, chauvinistic attitudes and things. Yeah. Um, yes, David, but you're a man and I'm a woman, so I can dislike it as much as I want to. Thank you very much. I can be pissed off about it. I have every right to be. Um, that doesn't mean I didn't like the book. Liked the book. That's fine. Um, what about that, Lewis? I was just gonna say. I, I think that's part of the reason why when we find out that Hatsumomo has a boyfriend, like it's such a huge deal, you know? Yeah. Part of her allure and part of the allure of the geisha in general is that they're kind of like, like unattached in a way. And you can kind right. of reflect your own desires and, and want right. onto them. And yeah. like, you know, like coyote ugly. You're, the one rule is your boyfriend can't come to the bar because you have yeah. to be seen as, as, as available, even though you don't make yourself available to the patron. <laughs> I know well, that's a, a totally different, but at the same time, a little bit similar. Yeah, the same thing with K-pop. Like a lot yeah, of these K-pop yeah. artists might have boyfriends and girlfriends in real life, but they're not allowed to publicly. Right. Have that's boyfriends. exactly what I was thinking about. That you you see it. That they're supposed to be with, seen uh, as desirable and available. And with Japanese idol groups, they're basically pop stars. Like the yeah. the the women in these idol so, groups. Either they're not supposed to have boyfriends or it's supposed to be a very, very well-kept secret. Right. It's it's the whole women want to be like you, men want to have you kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. And if you're unavailable, men can't have you or maybe want you less or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So, I know. I know it's hard to hear Brandon and Millie. Um, so yeah, so I didn't, you know, I didn't like those aspects. I, I don't like that, you know, as being a geisha, they don't get to have a say as to who they lose their virginity to and it's sold and things like that. And I know that that happens in other cultures, but I just don't like it. Um, that didn't mean I didn't like the book. It was, you know, I mean, <laughs> as confusing as it was, I thought that the eel and cave thing was hilarious. <laughs> The poor girl still had no idea what, what they meant, but at the same time, it totally made me laugh, you know? So there there was lots of things that I enjoyed. There were things that I got irritated about and, you know, um, 
I, again, David, you mentioned we didn't hear about Hatsumomo after a certain point. We didn't hear about Pumpkin. We didn't hear about Nobu either. I mean, she became the chair, the chairman became her Donna and he had to keep her a secret. She had to stop being a geisha because he still works with Nobu, but we still never heard anything else about Nobu after that, except that she had to be hidden from Nobu as the chairman's geisha or as the chairman's, you know, yeah. He just didn't want to see her mistress. Again. Right. But, but I think Nobu would have, if the, he'd ever found out that the, the chairman became Madonna instead, even though he felt betrayed by her and didn't want to see her, I think his and the chairman's relationship would have been harmed because of that, yeah. which is why the chairman had to hide her away. I, I got really irritated, um, that she says, well, I, I may have had a boy. I may not have. It's none of your business. And I'm like, what? Why even mention it? You don't have to mention it. You don't have to make us wonder about this. What? So that kind of irritated me a little bit at, you know, 10 something last night when I was finishing the book. But um, everything that's happened, that's the thing that's none of your business. Right, right. I've told you all about my life, all about all the, the men I've been with and the things that have happened and all that. But no, it's none of your business whether or not I had the chairman's son. <laughs> what? Wait, well, then why did you mention it? We didn't ask. You didn't have to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she did. <laughs> But I don't know because it didn't and tell. And that was also one of the main reasons that she went, went to New York. York. Yeah, to, to, yeah. So that Nobu's legitimate children. No, no, the chairman's go, legitimate children. Yeah, not yeah, yeah. The chairman's legitimate son wouldn't feel yeah. threatened. Um, I, I thought it was weird that this little girl had a crush on this old guy this whole time, and he saw her potential from when she was ten, and always wanted. That was just, I always well, found that, that it's a little was, crazy. Okay. It's just probably a little what, 25 years old? I think when he was, she, maybe 30. They say he was in his 30s or 40s. Yeah. And, he was in his yeah, like 30s, mid 30s. And, then and she years, 10? 20, 15 years passes. So. Ew, just a little yeah. bit. Okay. I mean, yeah. I, I understand it's, there's a whole cultural thing. And yes, of course, he waited until she grew up, but still, yeah. creepiness. Yeah, so there's he, a creep factor there. He goes there. and says, hey, I want you to take this girl under your wing because so I think she, in the she's going to be a great geisha. Yeah. I'm going to be my geisha. Okay, creeper. Um, <laughs> That's another one of those like. Yeah, I understand it's Japanese culture. I understand she had a secret it's crush not. on him, but still, it's well, like it's like the typical anime love triangle. Yep, you got the guy who's in love with the one girl, but the girl finds out that her best friend really likes the guy, so she won't date him. You know, I understood that there was a love triangle and it was not confusing. It was the age difference that was weird to me because she liked him just as much as he liked her. And it was that, that's a creepy, that's a creepy. Yeah. I'm I, just I, saying, if I found out a guy like, like was interested in me that way when I was 10, I would be like, ew, oh, gross. Oh, I can't talk to you. I know yeah. we're friends, but I can't talk to you for quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish so, I introduced another character. Um, instead of right. the same chairman. Right, right. Because it, it, it gets in the little Woody Allen growing territory. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so, but overall, I really liked it. Um, Brandon, I think you're next, right? Yeah. All uh, right. Dave kind of pretty much hit on my big point with the the author not respecting the wishes of his sources. Um, the, the only other thing was early on, there's some pretty gnarly brutality. Um, oh. you talked about Wayne kind of mentioned it, but Auntie 
got hit with as a as a young apprentice or young young lady um, got hit with bamboos. Broke yeah, yeah, broke her hip. I I've been in martial arts a long time. I've been hit with a lot of bamboo. You got a freaking like it takes a lot to break a hip, even yeah. with a child, and that's just oh, yeah. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had to put the book down at that point because I was like, that's like you're swinging it like a sledgehammer on a kid's hip. Yeah. To, to break it. Um, and that was, you know, that was, that was pretty brutal. Um, you know, and I've been, I've been hit with bamboo without armor and left gnarly bruises, but you know, the bone and stuff is still intact. Like to have your hip, which is one of your hardest bones, broken from bamboo is is is, is rough. So there I is kind like, of an uh, like an uncomfortable amount of like I guess you could just call it direct violence at kids. Yeah. It's kind of a it's a sort of common thing among again this isn't young adult but it's kind of a common thing among young adult literature. But like even the in the beginning when Satsu and and um, Chio are in the the back of the rickshaw with the guy, and he just, he just hits his sister, like just slaps mm-hmm. the hell out of her. Like it just comes out of nowhere, and it, all, it always strikes me as odd every time. Yeah, like it's a common enough trope, but I don't like it. No. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, like all in all, I don't have that much to complain about the book. There, it's it's well written. Um. You know, I enjoyed it. I rented the movie on DVD when it first came out. R.I.P. Superstar Video. Um, <laughs> Superstar Video. Oh man, video uh, stores back in the day. And uh, you know, it's it's a good read. I enjoyed it. But again, there's there's some pretty rough brutality. And if violence towards oh, children is something you have an issue with, this one might be a pass. Mm-hmm. Um, but the yeah, Baron scene, I just remembered. Oh gosh! Oh, I had blocked it out of my head. The scene with the Baron, with with Mameha's uh, Donna, when Sayuri's uh, gonna oh. when he makes her try on the the, the kimono, the kimono, and he's uh, yeah. oh oh oh. Okay, I'm not even gonna talk about it. Never mind. It's horrible. What was he doing? You know what he was doing, David. <laughs> That is horrible. I guess I must be different than all of you because, yeah, it was disturbing, but it wasn't enough for me to go, oh, no, I'm going to put the book down. I mean, I guess I must be desensitized of of things because I wasn't sheltered, I guess. I don't know. It's not a shelter thing. It's just that, um, you know, like you and I both have Yeah. You, you and I both enjoy Conan and hyperviolence and all that kind of stuff. But this is, you know, you know, like when you're watching, let's say Conan and you get to the tree of woe, you know, Conan's going to get his come up, like he's going to get off the tree and he's going to, you know, get his revenge. Of course, but I, I didn't put the book down because I didn't like that he was crucified. Right, but I never said I put is, the book down. I said I didn't no, like the scene. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I mean, I, yeah, the, the yeah the scene the scene is like yeah, it was like oh wow, that kind of blows. I mean, like with the with the child abuse and everything. I mean, I guess I 
I don't know, maybe I just black it out or something because the only thing I could think of is like, oh, wow, they're getting their ass beat. Oh, that sucks. Well, and, like, then I, and then I go on with the story. It's the fact that Auntie said she broke her hip because I've been, like I said, you know, I was uh, 14 years medieval martial arts. Two of that was spent in SCA fighting with rattan weapons. I had been hit with bamboo. And and that shit hurts. And for of course a, it does. For to break a hip for a kid, like you like you it's that's a that's brutality, man. Easy to do with the two before, hard to do with bamboo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't know. Yeah. I guess I guess I guess the way I think is um when I'm reading the story, I just consider it a story, but I'm pretty sure if I saw it for real that I would probably be thinking a, a lot different. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. So maybe I'm just desensitized by what I read in a book versus what I see in real life. That's the only thing I could think of how uh, scenes that disturb people in the book group don't, don't disturb me. That's the only thing I could think of. All right, next. Um, I really didn't have a lot of negative, to be perfectly honest. Um, because, I mean, yes, I, I again, I, I totally get the, you know, oh, it's so hard to read about the kids getting beaten, but I, kind of like Dave, I just kind of was like, oh, man, that is so terrible. Okay, on to the next chapter. Kind of thing. Not, not trying to sound defensive or anything, but you know, mm-hmm. it's just that the writing was so like, I think it's because I was so focused on the bigger picture. I didn't allow, really allow myself time to think about what was happening in the moment. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, what does this mean for her future kind of thing, you know? Um, I, I, that's just what I was focused on, I guess, you know? Um, but I think my only, and it's not even like a dislike. It's more or less that out of everybody at the ending, the only one I really wanted to hear from again was her sister. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, I mean, I, I get it. You know, her sister managed to get out, managed to go get married and live her own life. I was so happy to hear that. Cool. But I don't know. I, I feel like I kind of wanted at least the sisters to meet up again, even if it was many, many, many years later when she was living in New York. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I I didn't really care. I mean, I didn't, well, not so much that I didn't care, but I, I didn't really see it as a necessity to find out what ha- happened to, like, Hatsumomo or, you know, any of the other characters. I just, I, I thought it would have been nice after everything that she had been through if there was some way for her sister to find her because I figure in that situation it's going to have to be her sister finding her and not her finding her sister because you know talk about um, Sayuri becoming well known you know in the geisha community I, I thought maybe it would be more likely that her sister would hear about her life and it would be for her to find out about her sister's life because her sister right. the sounds of it lived the rest of her life in general obscurity you know I mean like living a normal life yeah but I, I could see why her sister did not look 
for Chio slash Siguri because she knew her sister as Chio. Right, yeah. but she also knew what geisha house she was at. And, yeah. and she had such unusual eyes. Yeah, she, she would have known. Eyes. She would have known. I mean, if, if yeah. I would say if it wasn't for her eyes, yeah, sure, she could just be any other geisha that what to do, you know? But, right. like, they make a big point about it in the book. Like, her eyes were so unusual. So, and because her sister knew that she was in a geisha house, like, I feel like she should have at least, like, at least inquire. I'm like, hey, even if you're not my sister, do you know what might have happened to my sister? <laughs> like, she had eyes. Yeah, yeah. I could see that, but I, I think how uh, I, I remember that part of the book as well, and I'm thinking that uh, um, she didn't go back because I think she was afraid that they might take her and put her in the the prostitute house again and i think she was just too afraid to come back yep. and honestly i don't think i don't think there was very many people that actually knew that she flew to new york they they uh mentioned that she just abruptly retired but they don't really know what happened to her yeah i mean i'm pretty sure like if she kept on digging and digging she probably could have found out something about her but if she would have stayed in Japan, I think she probably could have found her. Yeah. But since she flew to New York, I, d- I don't think so. That is if her sister's even alive, because you know. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. She might have died in the war. Yeah, she might have got blo- she might have got blown up with the yeah. with the with a bombs. It it could have also just simply been too difficult for Satsu to return to Gion. I mean that that place for her represented nothing but abuse. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and pure sadness. misery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how old was she at the time? 14 and having all these old men just plow her? Yeah. That's sad. And then she's not even getting any money out of it. She's just, yep, here's your bowl of rice. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like I said, that's mostly, that's not so much a complaint. That's just for my own sense of closure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't like that. Like, I admit that's Could have taken for artistic license and made that happen, right? Um, right, right, right. Maybe it's in Memoirs of a Geisha Part Two. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the return. The return, yeah. <laughs> like I said, I uh that's really my only negative light comment. <laughs> so it's not really a negative, but you know. right. Okay. Final thoughts, Lewis? Um, final thoughts. I mean, if you can weather the the negative aspect of the book that we've talked about, I feel like you're really going to enjoy it, you know? Yeah. And, and not just as someone like me who was fascinated by the idea of Japan. Like, it's just, it's an interesting story, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like if you, if you give it a shot and you can kind of get over the, the bad parts, like, there is, there is a lot here in this book. Like, there's a lot here in this book. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I might not read it again necessarily because this will be the, the second time I've read it and I tend not to reread books that aren't Harry Potter. <laughs> but right. I'm not going to say so I might. I'm right there with you. <laughs> Wayne? Oh, okay. Just making sure Lewis was done. Uh, it, uh, It was an interesting look at 
a slice of Japan from like 1930 through uh, World War II and the recovery. Um, lot looked at a lot of the traditions of the cult, not not just surrounding geisha and all of that, but you know, kind of the the culture of the whole city, you know, um, what went on then, traditions, and uh, so like I said the the, fir- the first first half of the book was was a bit rough. I enjoyed the second half better, and the writing is really good. I was I was impressed with the writing, so. David, final thought? Um, my final thoughts, like I said, I really enjoyed the book. Um, my negatives on the books were, were so minor that some that most people probably won't even care. I just say, uh, read the book, watch the movie, you'll enjoy yourself. Uh, I pretty much agree with David. Yeah. You know, it's a good, it's a fun, it was, it was a well written, interesting story. It was the captivating story. Captivating, yeah, yes. it was. Um, oh, I just, I was thinking, um, I loved the part where she's, you know, gone out to be with the people who make the kimonos and she's oh. having to work on the dye and stuff like that. Like, I thought that was a really interesting, you know, um, another reason why you like Nobu because he managed to find a place for her that was relatively safe and, and ah, he just, he kind of gets the bum deal. But oh, yeah. <laughs> But anyway, um, but yeah, read it. Um, I'd say eight and a half, nine out of ten is that good. It's worth a read. Yeah, I'd give it a nine for sure. Yeah, oh, yeah I give it a nine. Yeah, it would have so. been a ten if Arthur Golden hadn't been a thief. Wasn't a thief. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Brandon. Um, you know, I it's a good book. I enjoyed it. You know, I don't have very many negative things to say about it. Um. And uh, I enjoyed it for the most part. So, yeah, you can pick it up. Yep, Maybe. I definitely say uh, 10 out of 10 for me. Maybe you can give it a 10. Whoa. See how did you, David? Well, All right, okay. Justin, what are we going to read next? Yeah, that's the right that's one. That's the right one? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My name says the right one, so it better be a good one. This is this is your pick, Maylene. Okay, <laughs> I hope so. What is it? Oh, oh. Is... The Wizard of London by Mercedes Lackey, suggested by Bonnie. Yes, it's it's one I've read. I've read it. I've read it more than once. Um, it's one of the Elemental Masters books that she wrote. Not the first book, but it's the first book that deals with characters that reoccur throughout the series, as opposed to the first couple of books that the characters aren't recurring. So it's almost like two theories in one. They just kind of mesh. So, The Wizard of London, Mercedes Lackey. It's an easy read. It's good. For you. No, it's like, it's not, it's much shorter than No More of a Geisha, so. I already have the book. Okay, did you already read it? No. Not yet. Awesome. So, yeah. There we go. It's a, it's a. It's Too bad, I fantasy. thought it was going to be one of mine. Oh, well. <laughs> Sorry, Mailey. Well, no, this one's a, another one. Nope, you can't, you drew it out. <laughs> 
I've been waiting for someone to come out of the TARDIS. You can't, you can't put it back in and change another one. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a historical fantasy. It's, you know. Awesome. It's place right. in London. So. Sounds good. Yeah. Okay. All righty. Yep. All righty. It was nice seeing you guys again. All right. Yeah. Bye. 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 So, so there you have it. Another one in the can. Um, that was Memoirs of a Geisha. Really challenging book. Really interesting book. Um, you know, the movie made it a, a, you know, the movie is a big deal. Uh, so, but I, I hope you enjoyed your time with us. Um, and next month will be, the next book we'll be reading is The Wizard of London, a sci-fi uh, kids book um, action not action adventure but you know very Harry Potter London-y magical Sherlock-y kind of vibes it's a fun book um, I hope you uh, come back and and uh, yeah. yeah yeah I'm just tired I'm exhausted, but, you know, as always next week.